We're talking about the importance of words, the importance of our words. And as we're learning, see, we started out talking about what God's words are, right? And we're going to talk more about that. Our words are to be God's words. We are to only speak God's words. We're not to speak stuff out of our feelings. We're to speak out of the revelation knowledge of our heart. Our spirit is to teach our lips what to say. So go to John chapter 6, and we're going to look at verse 63. John 6, 63. I briefly mentioned it. I want to go a little deeper in this verse. John 6, 63. It says, it is the spirit that quickens. This Greek word quickens means it's the spirit that makes alive. It's the spirit that makes alive. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. They're not just sounds. They're spirit. It's the Greek word pneuma. The word pneuma literally means breath. Right? When Jesus came out of the grave... Before he was ascended into heaven, he walked into where his disciples were and he breathed on them and they got born again. He took some dirt in the Garden of Eden and he formed man's body. He formed Adam's body and then he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. This this word pneuma It means breath. It means the Holy Spirit. The words that God speaks are spirit. And they are, look at this, life. Zoe. Z-O-E. The very life and essence of God. As you've heard me say many, many times around here, and I'm going to keep saying it, words are containers And they contain thoughts. The words of God are full of Zoe life. They're full of power. But they are spirit. And this is the thing. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can reveal the words of God to you and I. You could go go and study the Bible your whole life. You could be able to memorize scriptures. You know, Pharisees in the Old Testament, Paul. I mean, think about it. The ones that crucified Jesus who knew who he was. They just didn't want to share any glory or fame with him. Do you know they could quote the whole Old Testament? Word for word and and knew all the... I mean, Pharisees spent their whole life studying scripture. And yet, Jesus stood right in front of them but they didn't see it, right? And their flesh got in the way. God's words, they're not sound. They're not noise. God's words are spirit, so they are alive. The Bible is alive, right? It's not just ink on a page. It's it's sad in many of our seminaries 
they study more about what a theologian is saying than about what the word of God is saying. And that's why we have crazy things happen in seminaries like, well, this part of the Bible's not relevant and that part of the Bible's not relevant. And then these guys and these ladies go out and they pastor churches and they teach this stuff to people and these people believe it because they never look into it themselves. And here we are. You just never know what God's going to do. God blesses some and not others. All this nonsense comes about it. But I'm here to tell you tonight what we're teaching is absolute truth. If God's word says it, it's forever settled in heaven. It can't be changed. And he's given you and I his word. How do we know that? In the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And right, and the word dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, right? As, as of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace, full of truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, who is the word of God. He gave us his word. And then he redeemed us. Why? He redeemed us out of the curse of the law. Put a brand new spirit in us. Why? So the Holy Spirit of God could come and dwell in us. Why? So that we can see and know the word of God. I'm here to tell you every answer Every answer, everything is already in you right now. Everything is in you. And the word of God will lead and guide you into all of it. The Holy Spirit will illuminate it. So your part is to just be willing and obedient. And the Bible says if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the best that the land can provide. God's words, every time he speaks, are always going out to do things. God's words are always going out to enable people. When he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might, that is an enablement. It's enabling you to be able to be strong. It's amazing. When the word of God says that you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, this isn't just a nice phrase that'll preach. This is true. That the strength of God is available to you so that you can do all things through him. Wow. When God says whoever is born of God continuously overcomes anything that the world system can throw at them. Right? Then that's an enablement. This is amazing. God's words are spiritual containers that contain what? The Zoe life of God. And what do they do? They rescue us. They deliver us. They make us safe. They make us sound. They heal us. Why? Because God's word gives us salvation. This is, this is what they do. So now in Matthew chapter 4, in verse 4, I finished last week by speaking this verse. When Jesus was tempted and the enemy came at him, 
After 40 days of not eating, starvation sets in in his physical body. He was hungrier. I mean, it's, it's a hunger that you have to eat or you will die because every system after 40 days is depleted. And right at his weakest moment, Satan comes to him and says, what? If you be the son of God, he comes after his identity. Boy, his identity being attacked Guess what? That attack is going to get louder and greater and louder and greater, but it's not going to get greater than the church. Because Satan doesn't want want anybody to know who they are. And the reality of it is, the only way a person can know who they are is if they know Christ. Right? But right at this moment, he said, if you be the son of God, and then he, he just hits Jesus right in his flesh, the weakest part. Command these stones to be made bread. Now, that had to be a temptation because the Bible says we, he was tempted in all ways like us. So how did Satan come in his thoughts? If you look at the Greek words, it's real clear. But we think in, in, when he was in the desert, when he was in the wilderness, that Satan was strong enough to grab his body and take him up on the pinnacle of the temple, show him all. No, Satan, Satan's not doing that. You're not going to wake up because he's so powerful and all of a sudden, man, you're on Mount Everest going, oh, what am I going to do now? Okay. Right? No, no, he can't do that. Listen, if he had power over you right now, guess what? You wouldn't be alive. Amen. He'd want you off the planet. He sure wouldn't want this going out on the airwaves, right? But he's defeated. So right now, what did Jesus say? He said, Satan, wait. No, 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 no. I am the son of God. You shut up. No, he didn't say that, did he? He said, it is written. You know why he said that? Because his father told him to say that. You know why his father told him to say that? Is so that almost 2,000 years later, when you and I get in a battle, instead of going, now wait a minute, we're just going to go, it is written. And then he quoted Deuteronomy 8.3. He says, listen, man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is how we live. In him, Acts 17, 28, I live. How do I do that? By every word that proceeds from his mouth. Yeah, but I'm a Christian. I don't read my Bible. That makes no sense to me. That, I, I'm sorry. That, that's, that's like a fish saying, I'm a fish, but I live out of water. Have you ever seen a fish live out of water? They just flop, don't they? And then eventually they start stinking. That's exactly what happens to a Christian. Have you ever flopped around? Flopping around, trying to figure out. You know, you're flopping around because you're like, man, I'm worthless. I'm this, I'm that. I can never overcome this. What am I going to do? You start stinking, right? Who do you stink to? Yourself. Right? But what does Jesus do? He'll help you out. If you turn to him, he'll just pick you up and throw you back in the water. Oh, 
Wow. We live by every word. How'd I get off on that? I had no idea. That is not in my, that's kind of a gross example, but anyway. But see, this is what God does to a Christian who's trying to live without the word first place in their life, who's trying to live without Jesus at the center. See, God does not, he's not all into this, man, knock yourself out in ministry and it's all about your horizontal life. No, no, he knows that nothing works horizontally in your life. Not your marriage, not friendships, not ministry, not your career. Nothing works horizontally if this is not, see, this is where everything comes out of. Why? Because his words are life. Right? Their spirit and their life. God, think about this. God literally wants to talk to you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, forever. Forever. When you go to bed tonight, he wants to talk to you. He'll talk to your spirit all night, which will see what happens. Faith comes by hearing. And what's the highest outward manifestation of faith? It's rest. But see, you can't really rest on the inside or on the outside if you're not resting on the inside. But he'll speak to you about stuff to get you ready for tomorrow, to get you going. And you get so full of him, you won't get distracted. I love this. So let's jump down to Genesis chapter 1. Everybody's going, oh me, he's going to Genesis chapter 1. We're, buckle in, man, we're going to be here for a while. Here we go, right? There's only 800,000 words in the Bible, and we're going to go through every one of them tonight. No, I'm just teasing. Oh, man, that would be fun, but that would be supernatural to do that. I'm teaching the men in the book of Colossians, and in my in my narrow learning ability, I had an outline of 51 pages for chapter one. And I know there's, I mean, talk to me in 50 years from now, hundred years from now, I'll be going, yeah, that was ridiculous, but it was awesome. But man, that was like, that was like, we weren't even in preschool yet. Right. Genesis chapter one, verse 28. Look at this. God's talking to Adam and Eve. He says, and God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. That means bring, bring life back to something that once had life. Well, that's a whole study in itself. And subdue it. Subdue the earth. That means conquer it. Bring it under permanent subjection and disable it from any future resistance. And then he says, and have dominion. Now, now remember... God's words are enablements. They're life. God is not, he's communicating to put spiritual law in motion. He actually is outlining the boundaries of their dominion. It, he says, and have dominion. I'm telling you, man, the minute he said, have dominion, guess what? They had all the dominion. Eve should have looked at Satan and said, get out of here in Jesus' name, right now. Right? In the same way we need to. 
Man, I'm telling you, if you have situations in your life, if something jumps up and it doesn't, it doesn't look like what this is, you got to immediately and accurately answer it with the, and according to the word of God. You take every thought captive. Yeah, but pastor, how can I do that? No, 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 no. You don't have to do that in your own strength and intellect. Jesus has made wisdom unto you. The Holy Spirit, man, he'll, he'll help you survey the battlefield. He'll get you ready. He'll show you things to come. He'll do it all if you're just willing and obedient. It says here, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So every word God speaks is full of life. It's full of power, right? It's full of faith. It's full of creative power. When God says be, he is sending and releasing something to cause change. He looked at darkness and he said, light be. And I don't even know when he did that. Right now. Now, actually, we do know when he did it. I just don't personally know. But they have figured out scientifically that there was a point in history where all light came from. And it's still, they could calculate it because they know it's, the universe is expanding at the speed of light. And if you back that all up to one point, now they won't acknowledge that's the point where God said, but that's right the point where God said. It's really amazing how that mathematically, if you study that out, fits perfectly in the six days of creation. It fits everything perfectly. It's amazing. But God never speaks an idle word. Everything that God speaks comes to pass. Man, God has spoken some things that he has not, that have not come to pass yet. But you know, tonight he's not stressed. He knows everything that he speaks comes to pass. And everything that he has spoken is coming to pass and will continue to come to pass everything he speaks. You know, he said some things to you. You're a world world overcomer. Here's a big one. He didn't say to you, you're going to be healed. He said to you, you are healed. Wow. That's That's a big one, isn't it? Everything God speaks comes to pass. God's word is not just expressing and communicating. It is accomplishing. Right? He sends his word to do something. Wow. So when God tells you be strong, it's enabling you to be strong. So now, because of this interaction, because of the way God is and what he set up... In creation, Adam and Eve, as speaking spirits, were designed to use their words to accomplish what? God's plan of being fruitful, of multiplying, of subduing, of replenishing, of having dominion over all the earth. He was to literally, literally, They were to use the words that God spoke to walk it out. In the same way, we're to use the word of God 
to walk out our life. That's why you've heard me say this before. When the Lord showed this to me, he said, Tony, this is how it's a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I talk about that scripture all the time because, man, the, the revelation in there is amazing. What happens is God reveals something to your spirit, spirit to spirit, something about who he is, and then you're able to progress. And then he reveals something else to you, and you progress. That's why so many Christians are not progressing, because they're just living out of their senses. They're making all their decisions. And some people even get into spiritual pride and think because they can quote a few scriptures or whatever that they've got it all put together, but their life's never going anywhere. But not us. Amen? We need him and we need each other. In other words, in other words, Adam and Eve's words, just like our words, were to reflect God's heart and God's mind. I hope by the end of this, you guys walk out of here drooling every night, going, I'm just never going to stop speaking the word of God again. His words are so wonderful. See, after they fell, what did Adam and Eve's words reflect? Sin and death. So now... Here we are. My spirit wants to speak only the word of God, but I must, I must feed my spirit, right? My nature, the sin nature in my flesh wants to speak the law of sin and death. Well, how am I going to speak right? I've got to renew my mind with the word of God. I can't ever let it depart from my eyes. Right? I've got to keep it in the midst of my heart in abundance. I'm telling you, you could take God's words, put them in your mouth, and you could turn everything around to look like days of heaven on the earth right now in your life. This is not a theory. We're not, we, don't, we don't walk supernaturally in theory. No, no, God wants you to experience this in your life. Proverbs chapter 3. Let's jump over to the book of Proverbs. Guys doing okay? Man. Oh, I could just sit here and just keep going. Because see, this is what happens. Because you preach as the Holy Spirit gives you utterance. And his words are enabling you. So that's why... See, it's not my fault if I go too long. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1. He says this, My son, forget not my law. So let's read that under the light of New Testament truth. We're not under the law, so we would say it this way, My son, forget not my word. But let your heart... Keep my commandments. In other words, you could say it this way. Let my heart keep your words. Verse 2. So don't forget them and keep them. For length of days. Boy, have you ever had 
too many things to do in a day. And it was just really awesome if God could lengthen your day. Yeah. Seek first the kingdom of God. And you'll, still, you'll, you'll, you'll get so much more done. Length of days and long life and peace. Notice that. Not just a long day. Have you ever had a long day? No, no. Long day, lo- even a long life. If there's no peace, that's not really a good thing. But length of days, long life, and peace shall they, what? Add to thee. Wait a minute. Who adds length of days, long life, and peace to you? Who adds that? God's words. Wow. I wonder if that's important as you get older physically. Absolutely. It absolutely is. Because God will sustain you. Hallelujah. Jump over to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 10. God's words. But see, we're talking about, you're like, Pastor, this is a, this is a series about the importance of our words. Exactly. I hope, my hope and my prayer is that you get so turned on by this that you're just like, man, God's words are so awesome. I am not speaking anything else. That when I do speak something else, it's like you just sucked on a lemon and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Or, you know, for me, just like eating a Brussels sprout, you know, right? You knew I had to bring that out. (laughs) Proverbs chapter four, verse 10. Look at this. Proverbs 4.10. Hear, O my son. Hear. This, this Hebrew word means give your full attention. O my son. And receive my sayings. Notice you can't receive if you don't hear. And receive. This, this Hebrew word receive means to take. And use and continue in. You can't take, use, and continue in if you don't receive them. Well, I'm just not willing to forgive, okay? Then those words can't add peace, long life, length of days to you because you're not, you're you're choosing not to hear them, right? So this is why we rightly divide the word. This is why you don't ever see me get up here and find a translation that will say what I want it to say. No, 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 no. We come to the word of God to find out what he's saying, not what we want him to say. Right? Hear, O my son, and receive my sayings, or receive my words. Take my words, use them, and continue in them. How do you use words? You speak them. Are you starting to see a little bit more? That's how you you do it. How do you take them? You receive them, take them, use them, and continue in them. You continually speak the word of God. And it says here, and the years of your life shall be many. So again, it's adding life to you. That sounds a lot like Romans chapter 8, verse 11. 
that the Holy Spirit on the inside of every believer with the same power that he rose Jesus from the dead, he's quickening your mortal body by his spirit that is in you. That word quicken, in case you wonder, it means to heal, to restore to health, and to make whole. Wow. But see, it doesn't come by listening. It comes by hearing. That means that I'm giving my full attention to this. To the point where I'm willing to do whatever it says. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 4 verse 20. Look at this. Verse 20 through verse 22. This is the prescription on how we take the word of God. My son, attend to my words. This Hebrew word literally means to give your full attention to. Attend. Give your full attention to my words by putting them first place in your life. If God's word said it, that's it. There's no other option for me. Be strong in the Lord. Man, do I feel weak? I have to say I'm strong. Why? Because I bow to the Lordship of Christ. His word says... His word said, be strong. That's an enablement. That means I'm strong in the Lord. Yes, sir, I'm strong in you and in the power of your might. Guess what happens when I start saying that? Jesus watches over his word to perform it and his word starts growing and building strength in me because his word is a spiritual force. It's full of life. It's full of power. Incline your ear to my sayings. That means give my words and my sayings your undivided attention. Boy, now that sounds easy. But was your attention messed with today at all? Did you have a few things happening that could maybe have taken your eyes off? Yeah. Do you think you have the potential... Or or the ability in your own strength to keep, give the word of God your undivided attention? Or do you think maybe you might need a little help? Thank God we have the Holy Spirit. Right? And sometime in the midst of chaos, you just need to look down on the inside and go, I'm at peace. Why do you think those stories are in the Bible? Right? Jesus says we're going to the other side. He goes to sleep in the boat because his father told him, you're going to the other side. Satan's going, that's it. I'm going to bring up a storm of wind. We're going to freak these people out. But there's no way any storm on the planet could have sunk that boat from going to the other side. Right? The apocalypse could have happened and that boat would have been on the other side. Jesus, they wake him up and say, don't you even care about us? Fear has a weird thing, causes you to respond weird. Right? I mean, we're kind of seeing that today. Have you seen some people that are freaked out doing some crazy things, right? Well, what does Jesus do? He does what we have to do sometimes. Have you ever had your mind in your own business, you start your day out, you have it all lined out, right? And you just think, okay, this is totally under control. I'm going to have a great day. It's going to be totally peaceful. And then this storm of wind comes up. And what do we do? We start running around, getting reactive. I got to do this. I got to do that. We start freaking out instead of looking down on the inside of us and going, 
wait, I'm not moved by any of this. What should I do? Just like Jesus, he gets up, he listens to him, he says this to him. He's looking down on the inside of him. Because we know what he, what he did, he only did it because his father, he said, I only, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear him say. And then he goes up to the boat, right? It's full of water, so he's wading through the water. Storm. And what does he do? In the Greek, right? He basically calls the storm peace. He goes, peace, be still. But you got to go a little deeper to really get the whole meaning of it. Right? Right, John? This is what literally Jesus did. He goes, shh. Could you imagine? He just went, His breath. And the storm just went. I wonder if a breath from the Spirit of God could give you a scripture that could calm your storm. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. In other words, listen to recognize the reality of the truth of God's word and then take action based upon that word. Let me say that again. Listen to and recognize the reality of the truth of God's word and then take action based on his word. You're believing God, and you could feel in your body, it feels like it's worse. Instead of responding to that, listen. Listen down on the inside of you. Recognize the reality of the truth that Jesus himself bore this sickness and carried this pain. Recognize the reality of the truth of God's word. And then take action. So instead of starting to speak, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. Instead, you lift up your hands and you're like, Father, I thank you that you sent your word and healed me. And I thank you today that I'm healed. I wonder if that will calm your storm. Well, I'm not wondering. It will calm your storm. This is the walk of faith. And you all know how to do it. We're just going deeper in it. Verse 21, let them, my words, in other words, not depart from your eyes. That means always see God, always see yourself, always see your life under the light of what the word of God declares. You get a diagnosis that you're going to have to die, that there's nothing that they could do. And you walk out, but you don't see your life that way. Father, I thank you that I will not die, but I will live and declare your works. It's written. That's forever settled. This thing that's going on in my body, man, they could fully see that with an MRI. They could see that with a blood test. That means it's changeable. But your word is not changeable. 
Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. Keep them, my words, in the midst or in the center of your heart, for my words are life unto those that find them. This word, this word find them literally means to attain. My words are life to those who come to and who arrive at by motion. Find them. How do we attain? We have to be in motion. What is the motion? I believe I meditate in the word day and night. I'm speaking the word of God. I'm in motion. And as I, as I believe the word in my heart and speak it out of my mouth and believe the word in my heart and speak it out of my mouth, I will come to, by action, attaining it. Right? For they are life to those that find or attain them. Wow. See, this, when, it, when you get to this find them part, this means that you've made God's word a permanent part of your heart. It's in my heart. I've got revelation. The Holy Spirit, see my tongue is the pen of a ready writer and the Holy Spirit wrote by my stripes, Tony, you were healed. He wrote that with my, the, the, the pen of my tongue and he wrote it on my heart. And then my spirit man, he communicated that to my mind and the word of God, it literally pulled out stuff in my thinking and renovated my mind, right? That's how we get free. And they are health to all their flesh. Now this word health is a masculine noun in the Hebrew language. It indicates health, healing, and a remedy. Do you need a remedy for your physical body tonight? We're giving you the remedy. You take medicine to take care of things, right? Well, the word of God is our medicine, right? It refers to the restoration, cure, or, or cure and renewal of an illness. Wow. This Hebrew word literally means medicine, it means healing. It means a cure. Guys, we just found the cure of all sickness and disease. Amen. How do we find it? I put his word first. I give it my undivided attention. I keep it in the center of my heart. And I find it when I do that because I'm in motion and I'm attaining it. Well, well what motion? The Holy Spirit leads me into all the truth. I love this. The Living Bible paraphrase says it this way. Listen, son of mine, to what I say. Listen carefully. Keep these thoughts ever in mind. Let them penetrate deep within your heart, for they will mean real life to you and radiant health. The Amplified Version, not the Amplified Classic, but the Amplified Version my son, pay attention to my words. And here's a big one. And be willing to learn. Wow. That's, in, that's part of that Hebrew thing. 
Open your ears to my sayings. Do not let them escape from your sight. Keep them in the center of your heart, for they are life to those that find them, and healing and health to all their flesh. In other words, according to God's word, life is this. It's when we incline our ears and eyes to God's word and put his word in our heart. That's life. Well, didn't John 17, 3 say that? Eternal life. And this is life eternal, that you would know the one true God and Jesus whom he sent. Well, how do you know him? Through his word. It all flows together. God's words will minister to you beyond what your mind comprehends about them. Let me say that again. When the Lord said that to me, I'm like, wow, what? Right? God's words will minister to your mind or minister to you beyond what your mind comprehends. So that's why revelation knowledge, it, it's, it's endless. Right? It's endless. Notice tonight, these verses, have you heard me preach on them before? But man, have you heard them like this? No. Right? Why? Because you're hungry. I love John Osteen, Joel Osteen's dad. He's like, man, you know when a Bible truth has dawned on your spirit because you'll want to hear it over and over and over. Has a verse ever jumped out at you? And 10 years later, you're still quoting it. You're like, yeah. You know, I mean, the Lord is gracious and all, all these things. It's wonderful. You must have faith in God's word and receive God's word for it to work in you and to work for you. Right? You have to have faith. Well, how do you have faith? You have to hear it. All you got to do is hear his word. When you hear his word, faith comes. Faith is there the moment you hear God's words. See, many people are, are they're, they're watching Christian TV for hours and they're not hearing anything. They're sitting in services and they're not hearing anything. They're just listening. Man, I'll tell you, my whole life is all about, okay, Holy Spirit, man, help me, teach me how to have ears to hear. Right? Because I, I just... I want to hear everything that you're saying to me because your word is life, right? As the deer pants after the water brook, so does my soul pant after you, O oh God, right? Hebrews chapter 3 in verse 1. What are we talking about? The importance of God's words. The importance of your words. I'm just, I, see... Our words are to be God's words. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, consider. This means discover, perceive, and then observe fully the apostle and high priest of our profession. Who is it? Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus. Consider, discover, 
perceive so that you could observe fully the apostle and high priest of our profession. So now we want to move into this profession. You could, you could translate that word in the Greek, confession. It's the Greek word, and we're going to talk a lot about this. It's the Greek word, homo logeo. It means to say the same thing. So simple, we are to say what he says. Could you ever possibly tell a lie if you only said what he said? Could you ever possibly gossip about anyone? No. Could you ever slander anyone? Could you ever speak any ill word towards anyone if you said what he said? You couldn't. And you know what that would do? Man, the Bible says if you could bridle your tongue, you could control your whole body. Hallelujah. We can do that because of the Holy Spirit within us. Consider the apostle and high priest. In other words, my apostle and high priest, Christ Jesus, what does he do? He watches over his word that is coming out of my mouth to perform it. Wow. So now look at another verse. You're in Hebrews chapter 3. Go to Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. Hebrews 10.23 says this, let us hold fast. That means let us seize hold of. Why do we have to seize hold of it? Have you ever noticed that there's, there's a force in this world that is wanting you to let go? The minute you get your eyes off Jesus, guess this is what you do with the word of God. Minute you get, see, Satan doesn't kick you in the stomach and grab the word out of your hand. But if, if, if I'm looking at Jesus, I'm looking at Jesus, I've got hold of his word. The minute I look away from Jesus, I let go of his word. The minute I let go of Jesus, I doubt his word and I let it go. Now the good news is, if you've let go of it, you can just pick it back up. Satan will tell you, oh, no, too late. It's over now. No, just pick it up. He's a liar, right? Let us hold fast to the homo logeo profession of our faith without wavering. Why? Because he's faithful that promised. The profession of our faith. Well, wait a minute. What is that? It has to be the word because faith only comes from hearing the word, right? In other words, I don't ever confess what I can do. I confess what he has already done. In other words, guys, here is the reality and the importance. You and I and every human being, every Christian, frame your world with the words that you speak out of your mouth that come from your heart. When you speak God's words out of your mouth that you believe in your heart, you are framing your world to be, to be Zoe life. From a natural sense, if you're speaking words of death that are not the word, guess what? You're framing your life in a way that God never, ever intended it to be. And here's the cool thing. You could always stop that and start framing 
the right words. And, and man, I'm telling you, it, your, your words will go in, the word of God will go in and rip all that other junk down. Don't be afraid to rip it down. You know, sometimes, could you imagine, you're building this deck and all of a sudden, you're a quarter of the way done. This is what happens to most people in their life. You're a quarter of the way done and you're like, oh, shoot. Now, I'm not a builder, so I might be off in this, but, but you realize that, oh, I measured this and I'm building this like two inches off, which is gonna, it's gonna really be a big problem as I keep going. But people go, yeah, but you know, Man, I can't just, it's going to cost me something to tear all this stuff out. And it's going to be longer. So people build junk. If you're in something that's not right, what is that? Tear it down. Tear it down. If you believe, well, listen, I just don't believe in that tongues business. Man, tear that stuff down. If you're, I mean, I don't care what it is, get in a position to where you start standing on the word. I can't stress this enough. The word of God is true. You can change everything in your life. I'd love to tell you that we're not going to ever have a year like 2020 again. But guess what? Right now, 2021 is not like 2020. It's worse. It's just more undercurrent stuff. And I got to tell you, guess what? There's a lot more undercurrent stuff coming. Why? Because Satan knows he has a little time left. So we got to know that when I declare a thing in the name of Jesus, when I say what he says... He will watch over and do what he said he would do. So that means I don't care what's going on. Nothing's going to stop the church. Nothing's going to stop our lives. No sickness is going to take you out. No, we're not going to die prematurely. We're not going to have to be in fear. We're not going to have somebody break down our door and do all this stuff. No, we're going to be like Jesus. No man takes my life. Now, I'll lay it down. Why? That's real easy for us, right? Because we already died. Right? We already died. My heart was circumcised. Man, I, I'm, I'm dead to myself, alive to Christ. I live with my life laid down, but I never am going to let the enemy do it. But see, you got to sift through all the junk. You got to sift through all the junk. I'm so glad I didn't buy the counterfeit. It's like I told Jackie that night. I said, Jackie, I know, I, I go, I know you're hurting. And I'm hurting because I do love you. But I know this, I'm not the man that God has for you. I could never be, someday you're going to meet a man that would be everything that I could never be. God's best for you is his best. So, so what you got to do is you got to give up this junk to embrace. You got, you got to let go of your ways, your plans, your purposes, and give it up and embrace his. But the only way you can do that or will do that is by knowing him. And the only way you'll know him is through his word. And what do I mean through his word? I'll close with this. I mean... 
It's first place in your life and you're getting revelation of it because you're never letting it depart out of your mouth. I wonder what would happen if you just started speaking the word of God that the Holy Spirit is prompting you to speak. It would give something for... See, a lot of us, we need God working on our behalf. He wants to. Amen?